From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The mission of Back Bay is to strengthen neighborhoods, seek justice, and transform lives. Strengthen neighborhoods, seek justice, and transform lives. Back Bay does a variety of work to help realize this mission. One such story that they recently published in their magazine, The Changing Tides, is about the process of getting an ID. A homeless man came to the Micah Day Center at Back Bay seeking assistance. He wanted to be able to get housing and eventually to be able to find a job. Staff first helped him to apply for food stamps and find a food pantry. He received a list of places to get daily meals. To get a new social security card, he had to get a face sheet from a local hospital, which temporarily takes the place of an ID. Then he needed a new Medicaid card. Once he had both of these documents, he was able to order a new birth certificate. He would not have been able to get this birth certificate without his Social Security card and Medicaid card. Once he attained the birth certificate, he was finally able to go to the DMV and get an ID, which he would need to secure housing and later a job. The center walks through this process regularly with those who seek their assistance. And it is a long process that can take many months. The staff there is all about helping people to restart their lives as they get back on their feet. Who do you remember who had the most, who had a profound impact on you in your life? Who perhaps had the greatest impact on you in your life? Perhaps they are long gone by now. Perhaps they are still with us. The Catholic Church especially places focus on saints who have had a profound impact on the church in some way. 
we also have had those who have had a profound impact on us. I think of my friend John, who is always there for me when I have a difficult issue that I need to deal with. He is always there to encourage me when I am weak, or when I just need to talk through something. We all need to talk through things. When I need to be strengthened in my spirit or in my faith, he is always able to do that by just having a conversation. I always feel better after those conversations. He lives in California now, but we grew up at the same high school. We were co-vice presidents of the Bible club together. We actually ran against each other for vice president of the school class. He won by about 20 votes. It was a class of about 800, so that was pretty close. We both believe that we are going to be friends for life. I went to his wedding this past July, and he is planning to come in, and he is planning on coming to mine. He actually wants to come to both of mine, which is a lot. Um, so I'll be having the one in Australia and the one in America. And uh, he wants to come so much that he wants to come twice. <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't really have two weddings, so I didn't get that privilege. I also think about some of my elders, including teachers, some of whom have already moved on to the next world. All of my teachers had a profound influence on some part of my life, and I'm sure that we all have that one teacher especially who really meant a lot to us and who we remember through a lifetime. I have had many pastors do the same. I think of a friend who I had from kindergarten until she succumbed to brain cancer in 2019 at the age of 23. She loved to write and she loved to travel and see the world. I love to do both of these things. The last time I spoke to her was a couple weeks after I had come back from visiting Australia for the first and still only time. After I told her the story of meeting Alana, she was so thrilled and excited for me. I'll always remember that excitement that she shared in our last conversation. And now, often as I am writing a letter to someone, like a real letter on pencil, on pen and paper, I think of how she also loved to write, and how she was convinced that people were losing the joy that could be found in writing on paper. I've also found this in writing journals, whether you're writing it to somebody or not. For every one of us, there is a saint in our lives, who we think back to, who positively influenced us, and who encouraged us. Think of who that might be for you. Chances are that you do not have to think too hard, because you think about them every day. You thank them for doing something for you every week. They changed who you are today, perhaps in what you believe perhaps in how you express yourself, or perhaps in the confidence that you now have. Ruth and Naomi may have been each other's saints. After Ruth married into Naomi's family, they lived under the same roof for nearly ten years. 
Ruth learned about Naomi's religion. Naomi learned about Ruth's culture. When Naomi told Ruth to turn back, she only did so because she wanted the best for her. As a young widow, she was vulnerable. When they returned home to Bethlehem, Ruth went out to the fields to glean what was left of the crop after the harvesters had harvested. She happened to choose the field that belonged to Boaz. When Boaz found her, he asked the reapers who she was. This is where we fill in what we missed in the scripture reading because we skipped a huge chunk. So this is the fill-in details. When the reapers identified who Ruth was, Boaz recognized her according to the story that he had heard that Ruth had been caring for and supporting his kin, Naomi. He took her favor, he took favor on her and allowed her to take some of the best grain from the harvesters. She remained in his fields until the end of the harvest. But when the harvest was nearing its end, Naomi wanted to act in her desire to help Ruth have a good life, have a good future. She never lost this desire for her since she first told her to go back to Moab because it would be better for her. Today's reading picks up from where Naomi tells Ruth to go to Boaz and lie down next to him. Essentially, Naomi is telling Ruth to propose marriage to Boaz. And when in the scripture just before our our scripture reading today, when it says that Boaz spread his cloak, or Ruth asked Boaz to spread his cloak over her, that is a signal in the ancient days that Boaz was bringing Ruth under his care. But Ruth asked him to spread his cloak over her. Ruth asked Boaz to marry her. This is going out of the norms of this day in where there's typically either arranged marriages or uh, perhaps the man would, would propose, but a lot, there were a lot of arranged marriages in that day. To think of a woman proposing to a man in that day, even still today, it's odd. It was out of the norm. She was bold in what she did. Boaz agrees, though needs to check with another kinsman first, who would have first claim to Ruth through her father-in-law, Elimelech, because they were closer family. But this man refuses to take Ruth in fear that it would damage his own inheritance. So Boaz notes, in the presence of witnesses, that he will take Ruth as his own. There is a lot of drama within this story. First, Ruth goes to glean in the field at the risk of being caught and humiliated. Yet she did not have any other option for food. Second, Ruth goes to the threshing floor not knowing how Boaz would respond to her. I can imagine the fears that would be present in her mind. What if he refuses me? Would my reputation be publicly soiled? What would I do then? 
though it doesn't seem like she has any qualms about doing exactly as Naomi asked. She knows that she has to gain some security. Third, Ruth waits as Boaz checks with another kinsman to see if he would like to claim her instead. Her fate literally hangs in the balance with this decision. We have to believe that, amid all these fears, God had a hand. God guided Ruth to the right field. God knew that Boaz would have a positive response. And perhaps that is why God moved Naomi to ask Ruth to do this. God knew that Ruth would end up with Boaz despite the other kinsmen. Even when you are afraid, are you able to listen to your saints and trust what they are telling you to do, as as Ruth did from Naomi? Are you able to trust God? It was probably very hard on Ruth, but she did not question Naomi's direction at this point in the story. Unlike when Naomi had asked Ruth to turn back to Moab, she now has reason to believe in her faith again. She has re-strengthened her faith. She no longer believes that God has forsaken her. When Naomi saw how blessed Ruth was in gleaning, she had explained, Blessed be Boaz by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Gives a whole new meaning to the gleaners, doesn't it? First, you need to rely on the saints in your life who have been placed there by the Lord. They help you to return to the right track as long as you seek their help. Some may help you through mere memories. Others will help you through their words and their actions. But always lean on your saints. God places people into your life for a reason. Believe that. Believe in that. Trust the good people in your life. Rely on the saints in your life who have been placed there by the Lord doesn't mean listen to everything they say, but rely on them. Second, believe that God is working behind the scenes. When your life doesn't seem to be going well, if you do not turn to God, you will not turn it around. Naomi had been on the road running from one problem to the next. She ran away from famine and then lost her husband. Nothing seemed to be going right for her. She doubted God, but Ruth was her saint. She found God again through the good that Ruth was able to bring back to her. Trust in God. Be patient for the Lord's blessings. God will bless you. The key is to not give up on God. Believe that God is working behind the scenes. Third, do not be afraid to go to your own threshing floor. 
Do not be afraid to take a bold step in your life. Sometimes in order to find what is best for you, you need to take a bold step to make that happen. 1 Thessalonians 2, 2 tells us, The Spirit of God emboldens us to proclaim the gospel without fear, emboldens us. In Philippians 1.14 we read, Boldness is contagious. When we are bold for Christ, enduring hardships for our faith, others are provoked to do the same. When we are bold for Christ. How can you be bold for Christ this week? Can you take a step in your personal life that may involve a risk which has prevented you from taking it to this point? Can you bless a friend who may or may not receive that blessing well? Can you join a board in our community that is working within a Christian perspective to give back to those in need? How is God full of surprises for you? Do you believe in those surprises? Remember, God wants to use you. But God cannot use you if you are afraid all the time of the risks involved in being bold and reaching out toward a destination that you cannot fully see. Martin Luther King Jr. said that faith is taking the first step even when you cannot see the whole staircase. Are you faithful to God? In that case, take the first step, or the second step, or the third step, or however many steps you've already taken. Take the next step. Do not be afraid to be a public Christian. When you are asked to gather at the beautiful river that flows by the throne of God, what will you say? Will you say yes? It is where the saints have traveled before us. It is where the saints will travel again. But it is also where you must travel if you want to be a saint for somebody else. You alone can discern what exactly this is. Whether it's taking a bold step in your personal life. Whether it's relying on your saints more for encouragement. Or whether... It's believing more in God behind the scenes. Whether it's taking a bold step into your community in various ways, you can determine what this is. But you must travel in this place if you are to be a saint for someone else. And also, if you want to be a saint for God. Soon, we will reach there if we put boldness into our step. This week, I want you to ask yourself what you can learn from your saint. What have you not picked up on before? How can you be bold for Christ as they were? As we remember our saints today, on this All Saints Sunday, think about Ruth and Naomi. Think about what they learned from each other. Think about the widow who gave all that she had in the temple. She did not hold anything back. 
Do you pray for wisdom? Pray for boldness. Find a way to be bold for Christ and take a step you have only dreamed of taking. Thanks be to God and amen. Ahead of the reading of our role for All Saints Day and lighting our candles, let us pray. God of all glory, we gather here today with the saints of every time and place to honor and praise your holy name. As you have revealed your mercy and might to your faithful people in every age, so let us glimpse even through our tears and grief, the mystery of your life-giving grace and the love that even death cannot destroy through Jesus Christ, Alpha and Omega. Everlasting God, we give you thanks that in the darkness of this world, your saints shine. We give you praise for holy men and women who have been an inspiration to us for those who have set us an example to follow. We remember those who were fully dedicated to you and your glory, who looked forward to entering your kingdom, men and women who stood up for the faith and set themselves against evil. Today, we light a candle for each of them as we say their names and hold them in our hearts. If at the end of all the names read, you wish to say any additional names, please feel free to do so. Madonna Widman. (laughs) 
Diana Hoover. James Good Sr. Kathy Clapp. Don Jordan. Pauline Joseph. Jim Miller. McCowan Jeannie Pearl and Roger Zeber. Holy Lord, take us and make us holy. Make us yours and make us obedient. Make us faithful, make us joyful, and make us to be numbered with your saints in that glory which is everlasting. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever. We give you thanks for those who taught us the faith, for those who gave generously and sacrificially for us, for all who have led us in the ways of goodness and truth. We pray that our homes and our work may be places of holiness, that we also may be an example for others. Lord of the saints, Strengthen our faith. Lord, may you grant us a share in the inheritance of your saints in glory. We join our praises with theirs. Amen.
Let us sing together our hymn, Shall We Gather at the River, found in our worship and rejoice hymnals, which is in your inserts. So we celebrate and sing with our saints glowing before us. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.